0: Before we get into our message today, I have a couple announcements to go over, but first, I'd like to start with a a video for us for our our upcoming team camp that we're going to be having. Uh, So, if we're ready with that, where's uh, Mr. Stanley? Come on up, Stanley. Come on, Stanley. 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 We're ready? You ready, Mr. Stanley? All right, let's do it. first, to pay the gun first, producing young teen can 390 $390,000. kind of reminded me of Doug and Sam on their video presentation. So that was for the summer of 2018. But there's something coming up for the teens in January of 2018 and that's going to be the annual teen lock-in that they have for the all New York City Church here. So that's going to be a great time and the theme for the teen lock-in is uh, oh, that's your car. go fix that. (laughs) But the theme for the team lock in is going to be Stranger Teens. Uh, you know you guys have seen the Stranger Things on Netflix and things, but it's gonna be Stranger Teens. So it's gonna be a great time. Uh ooh so that being said, it's going to be a uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. So plan on that. It's on your calendar that we handed out, though. But that will be in January for the teens, the teen annual lock-in. Uh, this Wednesday we will have a men's midweek. Just the brothers will get together. Uh, we'll have a lesson, have a great time of fellowship. But the weekend, the Wednesday after that, the 13th, will be our Christmas party that we're going to have. Uh, you've seen flyers being passed around about that. Uh, each of the mission teams will be responsible for bringing certain things, and that will be communicated to you this week, you know, a week ahead of time. Everybody can know what's going on. But if you can plan men's midweek this Wednesday, the following Wednesday will be our Bronx Christmas party here at the, uh, at the school. So, speaking of partying, let me just say this before I get to my lesson. Uh, we got a chance to be a part of Pam and Antoine's 27th anniversary party that they had. Uh, are they here? Are they like in England or somewhere? I mean, they like travel all the time. They still celebrate, huh? But one thing that kind of amazed me was, uh, I don't know if she wants me to tell you this, but Miss Marie, that woman can dance. I don't know where she's at. Is she in here right now, she's probably out doing security. Oh, there are still You're over there hiding because you probably still tired. She was dancing all the time. I mean, she said, we'll sit there and say, you want something to drink, baby? I said, yeah. She grabbed it and started moonwalking back to the place. <laughs> this woman do not sit down. She went out on the stage. I, I, I was praying for Mr. Ernie. Keep your health, Mr. Ernie. And she had him on the floor spinning him around. And I'm like, what is going on? But I realized They get some boogie down in the Bronx up in here. It's not just a party. Now, I say that because we moved here from Kansas. And everybody that I share that with, oh, we moved from Kansas City. They're like, oh, you're not in Kansas anymore, are you? I've probably heard that 748 times since I've been here. So I thought it would be only fitting for me to preach on a sermon entitled, There's No Place Like Home. Now, one of the things Kansas is known for is the movie, The Wizard of Oz. You guys have seen The Wizard of Oz and so forth? But I thought, I said to myself, I said, Self, I'm no longer in Kansas, so I can't preach on The Wizard of Oz. Let's do something a little different. The wind. That would be a little more fitting for this environment. <laughs> a great movie. You have Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Ted Ross, Nipsey Russell, all these different characters. And so I want to really show some parallels from the with to our Christian journey here today. You know, sometimes I give a lesson and it's for the people that are visiting. Sometimes it's for the members. This lesson is for everybody here today. Because this is going to help us learn, number one, how to become a Christian, how to stay a Christian, and how to help other people become Christians. Now it's important because there's a lot of different characters in the the Wiz. Uh, You remember the witch in the Wizard of Oz? That lady, she was. That's her. And then the witch in the Wiz. I really thought she lived next door to me when I grew up for a long time. But there are some characters, good and bad, in The Wiz. But here are some parallels for us to realize. In The Wiz, Dorothy Toto was on a journey to get home. You and me, we are on a journey to get home to our Father in Heaven. In The Wiz, the wicked witch wanted to prevent them from making it home. You know, Satan wants to prevent us from making it home as well. In The Wiz, Dorothy had companions that traveled with her, scarecrow, lion, tin man. We have our brothers and sisters that are companions with us on our journey as well. And even in the West, while on the journey, Dorothy was the one that had to look out for the flying monkeys. And you know, Satan has his demons, his flaming arrows, his challenges, his struggles that he will throw our way on our journey home. So I want us to focus today on, okay, how can I become a Christian? How do I stay a Christian? And how do I help others become a Christian? So no matter where you are spiritually today, this lesson can apply to you in one way or another. Now many of the, the things we go through, we can be similar to the characters in the wiz. So I want to talk about different kind of uh, characteristics we can have, different kind of syndromes we can go through. And the first one is the Scarecrow Syndrome. We can have the Scarecrow Syndrome. Because his problem was if he only had a brain. If he only knew more. Many times, that's just like us. If I knew more about the Bible, I would be happy to study with people. If I knew more about the Bible, I could handle my situation better. If I knew more. It's always as if we have more knowledge. But was that really the scarecrow's problem? See, when you look at it, the Bible is it's very complex in a way. 66 different books, 1,189 different chapters, written nearly 3,500 years ago, over a dozen authors, thousands of characters, it's inspired by God, it has hundreds of prophecies, but here's the truth, the good news of Jesus is very simple, salvation is intended for all mankind. No matter who you are God wants you to come to the knowledge of the truth And to be set free Look over in Colossians chapter 3 Verse 11 Colossians 3 verse 11 Here there is no Jew There is no Greek or Jew Circumcised or uncircumcised Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free But Christ is all And is in all He tells us that he came to set Everybody free Jews, Greeks, Barbarians, Gentiles, white, black, Cuban, Asian, Jamaican, Haitian, it doesn't matter what you are, Jesus has come to set you free. But here's the thing, many of us are free, but we still live like we're on parole. And that's the problem, because Jesus died to set you free, but yet we're still so concerned. If I mess up in this one area, I'm going back. Clank, clank, to the clank. I gotta go back. Satan's got me back. You gotta understand, he sets you free. You are free indeed. Not free to indulge in sin, but you need to live free. If you're free, you are excited. You're happy. You're eager. You gotta ask yourself, why? Why am I not happier than what I am? Really, we should all be so happy. You should be so happy you don't even need to talk about church because your life reflects such a joy that people's gonna ask you, why are you so joyful? You guys, am I living a free life? Or am I still living like I'm on parole? I'm on probation. I don't know what can happen. Any day, something can happen and I'll go back. Guys, that is not why Jesus died. So you can live in fear of going back to prison and sin. You got to understand, he's here to set you free. First John chapter 5, verse 12. Some of y'all couldn't even say, amen because you know you're on parole. You wanted to, but you thought if I said it too loud, I'm going back to the clink. First John five verse twelve: He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's about as clear as you can get. Do you feel full of life this morning? Yeah. See, everybody should have said yes. You would not even be worried about the person sitting next to you if they heard you say yes or not. You wouldn't be worried about your spouse sitting next to you saying, Well, I don't think you got life the way you acted this morning. If you live a life to the full, you wouldn't be worried about anybody around you. It's about you and God. Now, this is what we tell everybody else, but are we living that way? See, many of us are still hung up on that scarecrow pole. And all the little crows are just throwing stuff at us, making fun of us. And we're just so insecure, we just stay hung up there. We need to get on down. We need to ease on down. <laughs> Look in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, confident in who we are confident because of who God is so the issue isn't let me have more knowledge the issue is you know what it's all right there for me what am I doing to obtain the knowledge and confidence that I need because every challenge you're going through the Bible says Jesus went through every temptation you've gone through now many of us hear that and we think yeah amen praise God put yourself in that situation then So when you're struggling, you need to think and read and find out how did Jesus struggle the way I'm doing it right now. Because that takes effort. We don't always want to do that. See, the scarecrow, if he little effort, he could have jumped down off of that pole he was on. It's a little bit of effort that we got to put into it. You say, well, Jesus didn't lust like I have to lust. He didn't live in a city like I live in. But he had a woman naked, caught in adultery, standing right before him. He didn't stand there and (laughs) look. He started drawing in the dirt. He put his eyes somewhere else. So can he relate to you? Yes, he can. You say, well, you don't understand my family life. His family said he's crazy. He's out of his mind. You don't understand. I I lived in a single parent home. Did Jesus? We don't hear nothing about Joseph later on in the story. You don't know. But see, it takes effort to get into the word and find out so we can have confidence. See, we should not have to have People asking us all the time, are you having times with God every day? That's ridiculous. Jesus didn't die for you, so you have to be questioned on whether or not you had quiet times. If you're here studying the Bible, one thing we do in this church, we need to read our Bibles every day and pray every day. And I'm telling you now, if you're studying the Bible with somebody, you need to ask them. Are you reading your Bible every day? Because they're going to ask you. You need to ask them. Yeah. We want to make sure everything is on the table. And let me say this. When I first came, we started talking about we're going to be discipling. In disciple relationships. We're going to have this Everybody like, yeah, Jesus, yes Lord. All behind it. Here we are five months later. Are you still in a group? Yeah. Do you have a disciple partner? Yeah. Oh, we were gung-ho in the beginning. Don't think I'm going to drop it. No, it ain't getting dropped ever. We're going to keep coming back to this because we're on that same journey to heaven. And you got to ask yourself, well, if I haven't, why haven't I got into a consistent relationship? Because nobody asked me. You're the scarecrow sitting up on a pole. Nobody going to help me down. I can't think for myself. (laughs) you got to ask yourself, do you live in the Scarecrow Syndrome? Now, I'm not trying to insult you, but his problem was he didn't think he knew enough. When, in fact, all alone, he was the smartest one out of all of them. Guys, you are so scared and fearful of things, but yet you have all the courage and strength you need right before you. We cannot get caught up in the Scarecrow Syndrome. So what do you need to do? You need to start reading your Bible every single day. Sam gave this challenge 77 days to the end of the year. I've been talking about it, 45 days, 35 days. We need to not just take it to the end of the year, but for every day for the rest of our lives. Amen? So this is how you become a Christian. This is also how you stay a Christian. Nobody who is in the Bible every day, praying every day, walks away from God. Because it's about you and God. It's not about the church. I didn't like that sermon, so I'm leaving. I'm looking for another church. Are you crazy? This is about God. It's not about church. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the communion. It's about you and God. So if you're not reading your Bible, you're not going to be close to God. I don't understand why all these things are happening to me. Are you reading your Bible? I don't understand why I just came Are you reading your Bible? It's going to come back to you putting forth the effort to read your Bible every single day. Amen? So first we have the Scarecrow Syndrome. And this is just going to be a 15 minute sermon. But if, if this brother is the only one going to be clapping, we're going to be preaching a long time until we get everybody involved in what we're doing. You may be in the 10 man syndrome. The Tin Man Syndrome. And he's like, I don't have the desire. You know, one of the reasons uh, 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 the Tin Man had a problem was because he was in a relationship that didn't go well. And he starts crying about his relationship, and then he gets all rusty. You know what? Many of us can be hurt, and then we sit there and start crying so much, we get rusty.
1: And when I say rusty,
0: that means our lips start rusting, and they get closed. So we don't share our faith. We don't talk about what's going on in our personal lives. Are you rusty today, brothers and sisters? Friends, are you rusty? Mm. We say, well, I just don't have the heart, the desire. The tin man said he didn't have the heart. He didn't have the heart? His problem was he was rusty. So he kept crying out, "Oil oh, king, oil oh, king. <laughs> and Dorothy's like, what did you say? oil oh, can?" you know that's how many of us confess I was in sin I have some impurity. I was watching TV in a bad time at night what I fell into sin first of all you don't fall into sin you choose to go that direction you know, you look at Jonah. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Jonah, a prophet, a man of God. He didn't want to go help the people in Nineveh. So he ran the other way. God took care of that. See, the question is, are you rusty? What makes us rusty? What makes us not want to share? Here, let me give you a 15-second evaluation here. What stops you from sharing about Jesus Christ to people in the city? I just want you to think about it. You ain't got to raise your hand or say nothing. Just think for a moment. What stops you from sharing the good news about Jesus? You got to ask yourself that question. Sometimes it's procrastination. You know what? I'll see them tomorrow. I'll see them next week on the bus. I'll catch them. I'll work with them. i see them all the time. I'll do it later on. That's like people saying, well, I'm going to study the Bible, you know, after Christmas because I got to celebrate Jesus' birthday and I ain't got time right now. Uh, Laughter so, I will do it later on. Well, no, now my kid's about to start school, so I'm going to wait until they graduate. And, and then I'm going to do, oh, wait, now they're in college, so I'm going to wait till after they get out of college. Because, you know, pretty soon the kids are growing up, they're in a nursing home, they're so old, and you're still waiting to study the Bible. We make excuses, we procrastinate why we won't do what God wants us to do. Sometimes we say we're just too busy. That's one thing I realize living here people in New York, they aren't rude, they're just busy. They got places to go, things to do, and they choo, pew, 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 everywhere. And if you're getting away, ah! But I say, are you so busy that you're not taking care of your eternal salvation? What stops us? What makes us rusty? Again, our feelings can make us rusty. I'm just not feeling it. I don't think that's what Jesus said on the cross. I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just not feeling this way. That's not what he said. Turn me to Psalms 81. (laughs) Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own desires. If my people would but listen to me, If Israel would follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat. With honey from the rock I will satisfy you. You know, he says, listen, if you would just listen to me. If you would just follow me, I'll take care of you. See, all these things in our lives comes down to how much do we really trust God? Do we trust God to help us through this? That's the only reason why we have fears. Whatever it was you said is the reason. You don't share your faith as much. That issue right there is a lack of trust in God. What's the worst thing that could happen if you share with somebody? They could say no. They could say you're crazy. How many times have people not told you that anyway? They're not going to be your friend anymore. Oh, elementary school. I'm not going to be your friend. Guys, it's not going to hurt us to share our faith but there's something that stops is our lack of trust in God. So, what is your oil can? See, the tin man needed to be oil so he can get back in the game. What needs to be our oil can? There's a couple of things. One is the realization of hell. See, a lot of times we don't even want to talk about that because we want hell to be like a television show. If we don't like it, let's just turn it off. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to deal with it. But there's a realization of hell we got to understand because if we don't do something, there's going to be a lot of people that end up there because we're not doing what we need to do. Look over in Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he covered it here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot and cannot cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also in this place of torment Abraham replied they have Moses and the prophets let them listen to them no father Abraham he said but if someone from the dead goes to them they will repent he said to him if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead you know in my opinion one of the scariest things about hell first of all it's not a good place to go but one of the scariest things about hell is that you'll have your memory in hell because he remembered go back with my brothers hey do You know what? You could be sitting in this room today with a chance to become a Christian. Say you don't want to take that opportunity, end up in hell, and you're going to think back to this day when you could have had a chance to be in a different place. That's the scary thought. You could be sitting there as a Christian, yeah, but you know inside you're not living like a Christian. You have an opportunity to repent right now. And you choose not to. Oh, you got going to remember in hell. I had an opportunity to change. I had an opportunity to become a Christian. Not just once, not just twice, multiple times. We can't be angry at anyone because the opportunity is given to us. The issue is whether or not we're going to take it. See, that's, that's one of the things that can be your oil can. I'm not saying that's the motivation for being right with God. But that is a motivation to not want to go to hell. That's a scary thing. And so that can oil you back up. That can loosen your lips. Realize where things are headed you know what, I need to start doing something. I need to change. I need to start talking. I love this person. I don't want them to go to hell, so let me say something to help them. At the same time, amen, at the same time, the realization of heaven is also our oil can. Because heaven is a place of fun. It is a place of rejoicing. Look at Revelation chapter 14. Revelation 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, "Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord for now on yes says the spirit they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them you know it says blessed are those that are in christ living that way who die. in chapter 21 verse 5 revelation 21 verse 5 he was seated on the throne said i'm making everything new then he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this and will be, I will be his God and he will be my son. You know, this is an amazing thing. God says, I want you to be my child. I want you with me in heaven. Can you imagine being in heaven and God walks over to you and starts a conversation? Just think about that. And then when he's done, here comes old Abraham. Think about that. Here comes old Peter. He can just ask all kinds of questions. Well, was it like walking on water for a little bit? You know, heaven is a place of joy. That could be your oil can. But it comes down to this. You have to ask for the oil. The 10 men, he, he said it. He asked for it. Guys, we have to go after that oil can. We can no longer stay rusty. We have to make a decision to loosen our lips and to share the gospel. And then the third syndrome is the lion syndrome. Lion was scared. And that's so amazing because he's the king of the jungle. Nothing should be fearful to him. Brave, courageous. But he was the most scared one of all. But in the end, he had the most courage. See, all this being said, guys, a lot of things we fear... With God, it's the total opposite. You think you're scared, but God said, I'm giving you a spirit of courage, not timidity. A lot of times, it, it, I heard about a rocket chair. A rocket chair is useful for giving you something to do, but gets you nowhere. Just goes back and forth. You can be in that rocket chair for years, but you ain't going nowhere. And that's what some of us can be trapped into fear and worry. And so caught up in that worry that we never go anywhere. But we feel busy, but we're not getting anywhere. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. It's right after 1 Timothy. He's trying to help. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power Of love and of self-discipline. You know what? When we're afraid of something, we need to, first of all, address that fear. We need to address it. Why am I fearful of this? Is this bigger than God? We need to do what God calls for us to do. And then fourth and finally, this is a character that we all need to be like. Dorothy. Because Dorothy's talking to us about there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And there are some specific things about Dorothy that I really want us to focus on as we close out our lesson here. Dorothy made a decision. She was going to go home and take as many of her friends with her as she could. Guys, we got to make a decision. It's not just about me going to heaven, but I want to take as many people as I can to heaven with me. We've got to not give up on our family. Don't ever give up on your family. Even if they don't seem like they're interested at all, you just need to pray and just keep praying. And don't stop praying. You need to fast. You need to do whatever. You you don't have to tell them you're praying for them and fasting for them. It's between you and God. You just do it. But don't ever give up on your family. Here's another thing about Dorothy. She loved her friends in spite of their differences. You got to hear me on this. She could easily say, oh, you're a wimp. Oh, you're an emotional basket case. Oh, you were just a little sissy. She could have went off on all of them. If she had focused on their issues, she would never have made the journey with them. Guys, we say we're Christians and disciples, but we can nitpick our brothers and sisters to death. Oh, if they say I'm in sin, we can be on them like a fat rat on cheese. We can be all over them. Are we willing to accept people that are different? Work with them, give them grace, help them through whatever they're going through. See, we're quicker to whoo, pull out the sword and start slashing. I'm not saying be easy and wimpy and let it go. No, we got to deal with it, but we got to deal with it lovingly and gracefully. We have so many different kind of people just even in this congregation right here that we got to say, you know what, I don't care if you're different, your shade, your weight, your size, your age, I still want you on this journey with me. She loved them in spite of their differences. When you're too quiet, I don't want to hang out with you, you're too quiet. I need somebody that's going to help me. We can become selfish. We need to love everybody. You know what else she did? She helped her friends whenever she could. She took the time to help each and every one of them. Now, she was busy trying to get home, but on that journey home, she stopped and helped the scarecrow, the tin man, the lion. Sometimes you say, Well, I just don't have time. I got to get home. And there's people on the side just waiting and begging for us to help. You know what? She helped every one of her friends, especially if they're already your brother or sister in Christ. We need to stop and take the time to help them. And then she took her friends with us, with her. That is our mission, to take the friends with us. Why was she able to do this? Because she became all things to all men. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we close out. Verse 20. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law. As to win those under the law. To those not having the law I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all means possible... All possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And let me point out to you a couple of things. It said that I might save some. We're not going to save everybody. But that's not a reason to not try. So even on that journey, if somebody doesn't follow, we don't just drop anchor and stop because oh they didn't make it, so I'm just discouraged and depressed and I'm not doing nothing else. No, 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 no. We need to raise that anchor up and keep sailing that ship. But instead, I became all things to all men. Now here, let me break this down before we go, because some people can be so stuck in what they think and how they think it should be that they refuse to break out of their shell. For the sake of winning somebody from Satan to Christ. Wow. Now, see, when you look at it like, oh, they're just different. Or you look at it like, Satan has them under control. So I need to change whatever to help them become a son or daughter of Christ. That's what he's talking about. I change. All, it doesn't mean, oh, my friends go out and drink and party, so I'm going to go drink and party. And show them how a Christian drinks and party. What? That's not what he's saying, Be all things on me. He's saying you need to help them to see where they're at. In other words, first of all, you accept people wherever they're at. That's the starting point, wherever they are. Now, there's things about you individually that needs to change. You say, what? Well, I'm just, I'm just, at my age, I'm just not changing now. Are you serious? I don't even know how old Miss Marie is, but she was out there doing the Dougie. She was out there doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, she was getting it down. She didn't care what nobody said. She has freedom in Christ. You know what, guys? This is where we got to get over ourselves. Because many of us refuse to change. You know what? Did I ever want to live in Kansas? Oh, Lord, no. But I went. I even listened to country music a little bit. In my truck, on my radio station, depends on who gets in the car, that's the number I push, because that's the kind of music I know they like. A little bit of hip hop, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, whatever it needs to be. I want people to understand you know, it's not just about changing everybody to be like me. Not everybody here is going to be into sports. So what? That's fine. But you know what? I can change and learn. I'm not telling you anything new. But what I'm doing is telling you something that we're not doing. Well, how you know, preacher? Because if we were, this room would be twice as full as it is. Let's just be honest about it. Guys, we cannot get stuck on ourselves. We've got to make a decision to do as, all we can to win as many as possible. And you know, when Dorothy made that decision and she did all that, she turned around, she had her friends, she said, Now it's time to ease on down. Ease on down. Ease on down the road. Don't you carry nothing. That might be a load. It's time to ease on down. Ease on down. We jumping over hurdles. We ducking under bushes. We hiding in the shed. It's time to ease on down the road. You get some brothers and sisters with you with the same mission, the same focus a little different. So what? Come on with me anyway. And you can ease on down the road. And as you're going down the road, you're going to meet somebody that you can't relate to, but oh, here, Brother Jamal can. So Jamal, you hook up with him. Now let's go. Now we're all easing on down the road. Brother sister, it's time for us to make a decision. Either we're going to win this city over or we're not. Let's not play games. Let's go out and let's do all we can so we can make it home in heaven. Amen.